decided to do a random cast episode today. What I might do is I might share a uh, clip that I shared with somebody because I thought it was some really interesting points in it. And the end of this episode or the beginning, well, I'm not sure yet, but this is a random cast episode, so. Um, perhaps I may share it in the beginning, so in, in which case you've already seen it. Um, in fact, that's what I'm thinking of doing because it may explain some other uh, uh, illusions that you you may not even be aware of. And perhaps even putting another clip in, you know, you won't get all the context, but you'll understand some uh, assumptions that are pretty, pretty, pretty common for the ego, actually. Probably the most common, probably the most uh, insidious kinds of assumptions that exist. Ego-wise. And these assumptions, they make your ego what it is. and make it why it's so strong. And you and others. And you have to undo all these assumptions. Um, so that's something that you can even necessarily even do consciously. So much as it is something that you do by questioning your assumptions, and then the undoing happens naturally, eventually, and you know, it goes back to that lack of control that I talked about in the last episode. But <clears throat> when you're trying to control life, there is an ego, there is a personhood, there is an there's a self-agenda going on. There's a selfishness bias that the ego has, whatever that bias is. And this bias has many different kinds of uh, that's the word I'm looking for here. Many different kinds of loops and you know loop arounds that kind of like make it unique and make it very tricky to deal with and to undo properly all the birds in the world are out here today <laughs> experience that I'd like to give you all in this exercise is to help you to become a little bit more interactive with this this podcast. If you feel like it, please send in a voice message. Um, you know, link is in the show notes. If you have any questions or if you want me to do a specific episode <clears throat> on some specific topic, I will planet and all that stuff it may take a while to do but it will be done you know something that i want to try and do more of is ask, answer people's questions uh and make this more interactive experientially than you know just me talking to you rather than you know, 
rather than me just talking to you. <clears throat> It'll be more of a conversation. So if you have any questions about any of my episodes, whatever the episode is, please consider leaving me a voice message. Um, you know, I don't re- I don't usually really share voice messages on podcast episodes because I, I find it to be, you know, it could be a, a problem in the future or whatever. But if you want the question to be private, you know, you know, you can say that in voice message or whatever. Um, or you can direct message me at Twitter at uh, Beyond Minds with a Z. Um, and so, in the spirit of randomness, I guess, is this episode. Um, we're today talking about the spirit of just letting the episode kind of live itself, letting the episode, uh, move as it will. And uh, as that, you know, as that go- goes on further, you know, you may get more insights or whatever. So, ego, the personal, the, the little ego, or what you would call you, or me, or whatever the case may be, the person, the, the, the illusion that thinks it's a person called David or John or, you know, whatever it is, is... Concerned with the little stuff. And as a result, it needs to control everything. It needs to make all these decisions by itself. And it needs to somehow, in the future, learn how to navigate the world... by controlling things because if it doesn't control things it, it won't get what it wants whatever that is and that that includes you know the desires and the fears and all that stuff the fears are the things that it doesn't want and the desires are the things that it does want and often those two correlate in, in a lot of ways like if you desire to you know be romantic with somebody or be have a par- partner a romantic partner you fear that partner leaving you or if you desire to have a lot of money you fear that You'll never have enough money or that you will lose the money that you did gain or whatever it is. And that, those two basic emotions are what you could call attachments. And every single attachment revolves around these two emotions. And every single attachment has these two emotions within them. Which is why they're attachments in the first place. Because you have desire for something... Which would be one thing if it, if you just desired something without the fear, you wouldn't really have too many problems. I mean, you would, you would still have to, you know, you if you really felt like it, you know, if you still felt like it, you would fulfill that desire. But it, there's no fear to um, kind of like push you forward 
even resentfully or grudgingly or whatever, you wouldn't you we wouldn't have much of a problem. You wouldn't have a whole lot of suffering. I mean, there'd still be suffering because desire can create suffering because it can create like a backdoor for fear and you know all these other stuff to to happen. But it wouldn't be as traumatic as if as it is now with the fear. Um, but there's always that, you know, that, that backdoor of fear that comes in with desire because, especially if what you desire is form, um, you know, money, wealth, fame, beauty, uh, a romantic partner, whatever it is. And with all of that comes these two basic forms, these two basic emotions, desire and fear. Desire that this person, of this person or this whatever it is, and fear that it's going to leave you because it will. And the mind knows it will. And so as a result, the mind has to control reality to keep that fear under wraps as much as possible. Because if you realize the truth of the fear, and if you realize the truth um, surrounding the desire slash fear paradigm that I'm talking about here, and if you really you know see this for yourself, consciously and with awareness... You wouldn't, you know, really fall for it anymore because you'd realize what the fuck is going on. You'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? It's just like utter futility. You know, this thing is going to leave and eventually it's going to create fear. And, and you know, that's what the mind is trying to avoid and it's not going to last forever. And that's exactly why the ego is so afraid to look inward and to be honest because... Of these two basic emotions, these two basic states of mind. Desire and fear. And so as a result, you get bias, you get dishonesty, you get corruption, you get all the things that you see with the ego. You get the me, my, mine complex where... You know, you have to get whatever it is that you have to get is me, my, mine. And that's it. Because the desire and the fear. And that fear is like a motivator. But it's not a, it's not a happy motivator even necessarily. But it's a motivator that makes you move forward in a very serious and negative, and negative context. Um, versus, for instance... If you were to, I'm going back inside, it's a little hot out here, but if you were to not have desire or fear, you would not have this problem. And basically, I just boiled down the ego for you entirely. Like, sorry, I'm trying to uh, get rid of the heat from this phone instead of just overheat or anything. But basically, all of this crap, the ego that we talk about and in any of these episodes that I do, revolves around this.
And so as a result, you get what you get. And you want, and, and then we wonder why we suffer. We wonder why we're always struggling. We wonder why we're always serious. And we wonder why things don't seem to be going the way that the mind wants things to go. And the answer is because the mind is trying to force things to happen because of desire and fear. You can almost make the argument that desire itself, I think this might, might actually be a good argument to make, to make, but you could almost make the argument that desire itself creates um, almost automatically a backdoor to fear, especially the way that the ego does desire, which is very you know, clingy and all this other stuff. Because the ego, it's very, life is at stake. Um, because the, the ego, what the ego is, what the ego is concerned with, is not truth and understanding like people think it is, or or it's not even necessarily even about um, getting a goal or whatever. I mean that that's part of it, but but it's about getting the desire met without the fear, which actually creates the fear. In a lot of ways. Or makes it stronger at least. Um, so for instance like. Say the mind desires. Peace and quiet. And. When the mind. Desires peace and quiet. It. When that peace and quiet doesn't come, or when it's been interrupted by loud noises, or whatever it is. Annoyance, which is another form of fear, because why Why is the mind annoyed? Because something's not going the way it is it's going. Um, and that annoyance is a direct result of the desire for something. It may not necessarily be completely fear, like overt fear, but it is fear in a sense that your annoyance is an implicit stating of what you want, what the mind wants it at least, which is peace and quiet, peace of mind, whatever it is. Your emotions are an implicit state of, you know, what the mind wants. I've talked about this before on the episode, uh, what, is it? what did I call it? What are emotions and can you trust them or something like that? I made an article about this as well, but um, <clears throat> the mind, the mind is concerned with only one, only these thing, this thing, getting the survival need met. And if it was just one need, it would be one thing. It would it wouldn't be as bad. It would still be. It would still cause you suffering. It would still be some problems. But um, 
it itself wouldn't be the problem for the most part. Um, I mean, it would in some ways because that need would also cause other needs behind it. Like, almost as a result, almost as a direct result, like one need caused another need eventually because that need is met and then another need and another need. But that one need is not the problem <clears throat> of suffering. The problem of suffering really happens when there's multiple needs. And those needs contradict will contradict each other and in various different ways. You know, you may for instance, like you may desire to become wealthy, but you may desire to become likable as well. And if you're in a family that's like stage green or whatever, and is not a you know fan of the capitalist system your contradictory desire desires are going to cause you suffering because you're going to try and meet one of those desires being wealthy or perhaps if you're more attached to your family than not being wealthy and listening to them which is going to contradict your other desire which is being wealthy which is going to cause you suffering and resistance and the mind is going to resist it and eventually maybe even rebel against it and I think a lot of this is the bulk of suffering. A lot of the contradictory needs, I think, is not... Well, not necessarily the bulk of suffering, but I'd probably say about 30% of it. Because there's so many needs the mind has at one time. And some of them are less clingy than others. And so aren't as important to the mind. And so it's not as bad, but others are very clingy and sometimes are very contradictory. You know, one mind, you know, let's say for instance, the mind might want to have sex, you know, a desire to have sex, but it also desires not to be shamed in public and not to be, you know, certain things. And if this mind and this person attached to the mind, the body or whatever is not desirable as a person the mind may attempt other means of getting sex that may be less than desirable for the uh, for the other desire which is to be likable to be seen as good or whatever and so as a result there's going to be this conflict And this conflict is the the energy d- directed to this conflict. Energy meaning attention, uh, especially negative attention. Uh, in this case, is directly proportional to the um, response of this conflict. Meaning that the more the more attention that you give this negative conflict, the more the negative conflict seems to be. To get stronger and stronger and stronger. Especially if you... if you, Especially if your mind... You know... Because it becomes like a sort of reaction... A, a sort of feedback loop... Where... Not only does the mind have this conflict... But it has the conflict over the conflict... Which then has the conflict over the conflict over the conflict... Which then has the conflict over the conflict over the conflict over the conflict... Because it keeps going and going and going. You see where this goes. 
and the mind does this uh, sometimes where say you have a desire for something but then you have a desire for something else maybe being likable or whatever which doesn't fit with this desire because your friends are not this way and they, they wouldn't like you being this way or whatever and so you would have a conflict um, which then would have a conflict itself the conflict meaning I wouldn't I don't want to have this conflict perhaps and that would cause a conflict of, uh, but I don't want to, you know, but I want this thing. And then it would just kind of feedback on loop on each other. I've seen this sometimes. It happens. Um, and, you know, the problem is that the more emotion that you, you that the more emotion the mind has, the less aware you become because it becomes harder and harder to actually become aware of something meaning watch that thing without feeding it with more emotion and more thoughts uh, you know whatever those thoughts are does conflict thoughts or desire thoughts or whatever it is and so because what would then happen then the mind splits into two and then three and then four and then five or at least seems to in a sense um and until eventually one side is triumphant over the other sides and in the mind and it's like a battle of the mind to see who wins uh and whoever wins is the the, the righteous one, the moral one, the whatever the case is, or perhaps just the one that just, you know, was the strongest at, you know, beating the others in some way. But it's not always seen as the strongest who beats the other sides. It's often seen as the side that seems to be better for the mind because that side won for whatever reason and the mind then uses that to say okay so that means this desire is the correct one or this desire is the one I'm going to choose because I want this and I want this to be now and I, so I'm going to try and control things this way now and, and so the mind is like a child in a sense the way that it's set up because there's like desires slash needs needs are a little bit different than desires but they are kind of similar in some ways but there's desires and then there's fears related to the desire desires which may be related to other desires ironically enough so if you have a desire for money but if you have a fear of losing money could be in a sense almost in a sense connected to this fear is a desire of peace of mind or of quiet which is something that you may not necessarily get with a lot of money because you'd have to do way more than you would ordinarily like to do because for the most part money doesn't just fly into your hands it's something that you have to get by working 
And so the mind grudgingly decides to work and maybe gets a degree in engineering or whatever the hell it is that it gets a degree in. And so the desire show starts up again. The fear show starts up again. I don't. I don't want to work. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm tired of working. And and the desire for money comes up. Like, but I want to work. I need money. And the mind motivates you with anger and with fear. Because there's too many conflicting desires that it can't just deal with any other way. Rather than becoming aware of them, becoming honest of what's happening in the mind, because that's too difficult. Because there's too many desires the mind wants to be true, wants to happen. And so there's like a self-agenda involved. So the mind then, as a result, kind of like goes, well, this desire is more important. Blah, 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 blah. Just keeps going on and on and on about whatever that is. Within certain limits, but yeah. And so the desire becomes the, well, it's really fucking weird. Like, the mind isn't just about desire. It's not just a desire factory. Hold on. Let me plug in stuff just in case something happens. It's not just that desire happens. It's more like the mind uses anger and fear to keep those desires met because, you know, the desire themselves doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, You know, you could have a desire for lunch or for certain foods or whatever, but if the mind... But, but if there's no real like anger behind it, if you're too tired or whatever, you may fall asleep and the mind doesn't get what it wants. Uh, and so the mind has to sometimes direct you with anger and fear if other things don't really work. The mind is not concerned with peace of mind uh, and and you know stuff like this and tranquility for the most part. I mean it it can be in a sense, but it mostly isn't because it doesn't really serve its purposes. It doesn't really serve its narratives of whatever it is that it wants. You know, love, money, sex, whatever it is, God. Even it could be like a religious thing. And so as a result. You don't really get the peace of mind that you're actually looking for by trying to find those things. Because the mind, what the mind is trying to do is, is trying to attempt to get a peace of mind by getting other things first. Money, happiness. If I have money, then I'll be happy. If I have this, I'll be happy. And if I have this, I'll get more peaceful or get enlightened or whatever. But there's no, like, actual desire that's in the forefront unless you're, you know, a little bit more conscious 
uh, there's no real desire for peace of mind that takes over the situation. That's more like a secondary goal. Like, if I get this, then I get peace of mind. Or if I get this, I get happy, or whatever it is. Peace of mind is not first. Because mind, the, mind, the mind isn't concerned as much with peace and quiet and happiness. Because it only sees it as a means to an end, in a sense, to get you, to make you do what the mind wants you to do. Because the mind is only concerned with survival. Which isn't just physical survival, but it's also like you know, survival in the culture and, you know, with all this other stuff. Um, and so the mind, what it will do is it will create a, a desire of other things behind the peace of mind as the goal to peace of mind and the peace of mind is um, merely a means to an end and that peace of mind or happiness or whatever doesn't last because the mind is then off on another task because the mind realizes, understands almost intuitively on an unconscious level that too much peace of mind will get you to disidentify from the mind. Too much, too much quietude, too much tranquility will get you to disidentify from the mind because you realize that the mind isn't really after peace of mind. Not really. It's not really after tranquility. It's not really after happiness for the most part. It's after those things only if they serve the, the mind's self-agenda, only as a motivator uh, and only for a certain amount of time. So it's more like a manipulative tool that was used to help people survive, you know, for the longest time and still is. And so as a result, you don't really get peace of mind. You may get it for like moments or, you know, whatever. And then you go back into it because the mind, you know, pushes you and pushes you and pushes you and, and and nothing really changes. And then you go, why is none of this working? And why is this not giving me happiness, happiness or peace of mind? And the answer is because the mind is not really concerned with that. The mind's only concerned with that if it serves itself agenda to get it. And, a cer and only in a certain way and only for a certain amount of time. Um, because if it had it on a daily basis for more more than a couple of days even even a couple of days is actually pretty a long time for it um, because it you know starts to de um, decouple or you know loosen the attachments from yourself and the mind but it if it does get it for a couple of days or whatever, it's through like a, a a veil of like what is next, what do I do next, and so it's it's very cheap and it's very shallow and it's very much and not at all tranquility and peace of mind or happiness. 
or whatever it is. Although ha happiness really has been confused, I think for the longest time. Uh, there's a there's a a video from actualize.org talking about happiness, and, um, and it was it's an old one, but I still think it's very relevant for this discussion because and if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But what it what it talks about is that really what happiness is the, the happiness that we think of as happiness in the in in the west and stuff like this is is more excitement it's not happiness true happiness is peace and is tranquility and the happiness that people the mind is looking for is excitement something new like oh i got this new thing i got this new whatever it is and that's a very shallow shallow happiness it's a very shallow imitation of tranquility which is true contentment uh, in the moment and the reason why the mind chooses this form of happiness is because the mind doesn't want true contentment because true contentment comes without form it comes when you let go of form and also because the, the happiness factor that we're talking about here of excitement only comes with material form you're excited about the money that you're getting you're excited about this you're excited about that whatever it is happiness is maybe a little bit less of a degree of excitement in, in the mind but it's still excitement And so the mind is a manipulative machine. It, manip it manipulates all of us, including ourselves, even more. It almost manipulates ourselves even more than anybody else. Because <clears throat> if we didn't do that, we wouldn't really be in the, into the mind's discussions and understandings. Um... Because the mind is really a machine. It's more like a robot. Just programmed to do certain things. You know. Survive in the culture. Be. You know. Have a lot of money. Have some partners. Or whatever. Whatever it is. I am guilty. You know. Guilt is like the way the mind keeps up that this, this game. Because if you're guilty. That means you have to fix the guilt. You have to fix what made, makes you guilty. If the other person's guilty, they have to fix what what <clears throat> they're guilty of. It's all around survival. The guilt usually has to do with something self-agenda-wise. <clears throat> you did this to me. Because I, and because I don't like this, thus you are now guilty. Basically, and so guilt is a, a manipulative machine that the mind uses. It's a manipulative tool. <clears throat> the mind uses to manipulate others and yourself. And love is as well. 
the, the form of love that mind, the mind uses is a manipulative tool as well because the mind is like, oh, I love you if you do this. I love you when you do this. I'll trade you if you do this. I'll do this. But of course, you don't call it a trade. You call it love. I'll love you if um, you marry me and with with all your wealth and your money and your riches and I'll you know have sex with you or whatever it is if you're you know a woman or I'll love you if I marry you then you get you have to have sex with me whenever I want or whatever it is stuff like this stuff like this so the mind is manipulating yourself and others and your environment it's all manipulation it's all trick it's all it's all just robotic mechanical action it's actually really fucking disturbing because you know when the mind tells you that it's not manipulating yourself or others it it's doing it for the good of you or others or whatever it is that itself is also a manipulation because it's trying to give this this argument that it is moral because it's doing it for others. It's doing it for you. You need this stuff. We need this stuff. They they need to give it to us or maybe maybe if you're, you know, more stayed green, it's they need to do this stuff because it's it's a good thing to do and all this other stuff. Um, if you want to know more about spiral dynamics, I recommend watching, uh, looking, searching for it on YouTube and uh, finding it there. Actualize.org makes some good videos about it. I mean, I made an episode about it as well, but Actualize.org's episodes are a little better, I think. But we're the mind that is is programmed only to create a self agenda and to enforce this self agenda like a soldier like a a ruler like a king like oh this is what you need to do this is what this person needs to do and then what it does as a result is it it creates all these different forms uh, and these were created a long time ago to and reinforce this which is you know, things like guilt and anger and annoyance and all these things my the mind does to manipulate itself and others. Whew, I just went deep. I just went deep on that one. Um it's not really bad. I don't really hear teachers talk about the, all this that much. Like the only one that's that I've really seen talk about it like this is uh, actualized.org. I think I think um, Eckhart Tolle talks about it a little bit, but nowhere near as deep as I just did. <laughs> I just like went way into it 
there with that one because you know this is random cast I, I didn't i didn't plan this it just kind of like happened you know, I'm letting I'm letting the spirit speak through me right now because I think it's time to wake up and I'm done with illusions. I'm done with the littleness of the ego. I'm done trying to um full with skepticism and full with all this like well this could be wrong and this could be right and all this other stuff. Because it's another manipulative, it's another manipulative tech, tactic the mind is using. The mind is manipulating people with all kinds of different tactics. There's many different tactics. There's not just guilt. It's not just about desire and fear. It's also in other ways. Could be to make you more skeptical of spiritual topics, so that you don't go all in. Um, could be about you know, other topics that, you know, are, that go into things that debunk possibly the idea of materialism that exists and show it to be, and show it materialism, the idea of materialism to be a, an assumption. Because the mind needs materialism to be true, because if materialism isn't true, then all the things that it's doing is worthless. And so the mind is manipulating you and everybody else. Why do you think? What do you think? So, so many people are fighting over what religion is true and, and all this stuff. You ever seen these debates against uh, from uh, about atheists and religious people? They do all these different debates, talking about this shit. It's all a ploy the mind is using to make people believe what you believe. What the mind believes, that is. It's a ploy. It's a, it's a manipulative tactic. And it's, it's a really brilliant one. Because nobody is going to question it. I mean, sometimes you have the, the other minds will say this is a manipulative tactic or whatever. Uh, only if it's really extreme examples like gaslighting and other stuff. Like this. But there's but but all of this stuff is manipulative. All of this stuff is manipulative that the mind is doing. I mean if it's if it's arguing think of it this way, for instance, right? Because it's it's one thing for me to say this and it's another thing to try and explain this logically so that you can understand why this is true. So think of it this way, right? Um say you have an atheist and a Christian who are debating with each other. Why are, why are they debating against each other? Because they're trying to get the other side to see and to agree with their point. And the other side is doing the exact same thing. So the mind is manipul manipulating you into trying to agree with their point. Whatever that point is. Oh man, I just destroyed every single belief there because what the what 
you know, for, for a while, people were, have been talking about propaganda and how propaganda is wrong and all this other stuff about manipulation and social media and all this other stuff. And, you know, talking about it as if it's new. It's not new. It's the oldest trick in the book. It's the oldest trick in the book that the mind knows how to use. This is, this is old. It's just been refined over the years. It's just been re-expanded and refined and redone in different ways to make it look new. But it's old. It's totally old news. And the mind is extremely good at hiding that from you. Hiding what it's truly trying to do. Because if you realize what it's doing... You would go, what the hell is happening? This is ridiculous. So give me another example of manipulation. The mind does. Right? To you. Let's say you you are... And this isn't, you know, this isn't like a 100% thing where it's always true. But let's say you are depressed about something. Why, why is the mind depressed about something? Because at once... It's trying to manipulate you into doing something to change it or to make a reality. Something other than what it is. It's a manipulation. All of it is a manipulation of the mind. It's so, it's so drastically, fundamentally a part of the mind's structure. That when you, when you really see this, you can't really see the mind as a living thing anymore. You can't really see it as living or as breathing as, or as, you know, truly um, cognizant of what it's doing. Awareness is cognizant of what it's doing. Awareness is cognizant. And then the mind confuses that and says that that is the mind being cognizant and, and being intelligent. When in reality, the mind, the personified ego, or, or, the personif or the personification of the body is the non-cognizant one, the non-intelligent one just a mechanical robot just repeating programs that it knows from the past so anyways it's a very deep episode I was going to release what I was going to do and I might do it in another episode but what I was going to do is, is put in another clip like I said about um, that, I I have released to other people in my close circle of friends, <clears throat> going into other illusions. But I think I'm gonna just leave it there because I think this really is a standalone kind of episode. <laughs> so, talk to you all later.